This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. Let's hit up that hotline and welcome in from Sooner Scoop, Josh McQuistion here on the Blitz 1170. What's going on, Josh? How's your Friday treating you so far? Well, you know, camp season is done, and I get the great reward of Oklahoma's big, biggest visit weekend of the year. So, you know, just a quiet time in OU recruiting. Very, very calm. <laughs> Nothing going on at all, Josh. Super Nothing pleasant. at all. Hey, a couple of questions even before we get to this weekend. One, uh, walk me through how the transition has been for you guys in moving over to On3, and how excited are you about the future of the website and also just On3 as a brand? Oh, we couldn't be more excited. I mean, it's a lot of names we're very familiar with, a lot of names that our readers that have been with us for a long time are familiar with, guys like Jeremy Crabtree, all the way to the top with a guy like Shannon Terry that started Rivals, started on, uh, excuse me, started 24-7. He's he's kind of been the guy that's led this entire recruiting media outbreak that, that has happened through the last, you know, 15 to 20 years. So there's a lot of familiarity, and at the same time, it's just very innovative. They're doing things in very different ways, and you know their emphasis on NIL and how that all plays into things. There's a lot of transfer portal um, content, commentary. So you, there's just a lot more of an expansive look at college football, and I think that's what excited both Kerry and I when we made this decision to make the move. And uh, you know this as well as anyone, right? You can't be stagnant in you guys' business at all. You constantly have to be evolving and evolving with the sport. And if you don't, uh, people are going to go spend their money somewhere else to find uh, the content that they want. And that's that's just where we're at in this sport now. Oh, there's no question. And I, I've got to say, I mean, I know I'm sure we've got a lot of people, a lot of scoop listeners out there, and we are over the moon about the response. The, the brand loyalty has been it's something we always thought we had, but you never know until you have to test it. And we've been with Rivals for 20 years. Um, it's the only company I've worked for in my adult life, which kind of puts that in perspective. But um, So to make this move, we knew it had to be the right spot and the right fit. And we had a lot of different opportunities available to us, and this was this was the one that made the most sense to us. And like I said, the the following has been incredible. I mean, you know, just watching the – the first week there with our subscription numbers going from, you know, literally zero to where we are now, it's it's kind of hard to believe how quickly it's all come together. Some of your thoughts on the SEC schedule release, and we'll also tie that into something that Brent Venable said, which is, oh, you darn right. I'm going to have a giant graphic and, and, and poster essentially printed with the schedule on it to, to parade around these guys that are going to be on campus this weekend. Nice timing on that with the schedule release. But what was your initial thoughts when you saw what 2024 looks like for the Sooners? What a massive jump you're taking from 2023 to 2024. I mean, guys, 2023 is one of the softest schedules I can remember in my time doing this job. There is there's no reason for that not to be at bare minimum a nine-win season. And that feels low to me. That feels like that would be disappointing. Not so much because I think this Oklahoma team is special, but just that schedule and where it is. Next year – that could be a better team and might get out of there with seven wins. I mean, that that's that is how brutal that schedule is. And I know everybody earmarks Alabama and I get it. That makes all the sense in the world. Tennessee and the storylines with Josh Heupel, that's gonna be incredible to see. At the same time, going to Auburn, going to Old Miss, those are bears that I don't think 
Oklahoma fans are familiar with yet. Like they, they don't understand that this isn't going to Ames or going to Lawrence. Like not only is that crowd going to be very hostile for Oklahoma's first SEC game in their house, but also you're talking about two teams that while they maybe aren't Alabama, LSU, or Tennessee, they've got a whole bunch of NFL guys on those rosters. Like that, that, that is not a pushover by any stretch of the imagination. So with that said, uh, Venables has talked about this. You guys have talked about it. The quality and level of athlete that are going to be on campus this week, you're really starting to see the foundation of what a true athlete within the SEC should look like and would be on campus and attend Oklahoma to play football. Um, am I am I kind of in, in the right on that, Josh? Because there seems to be an awfully lot of buzz a- around every single kid that's coming in this weekend. This, I mean, these are the kind of visit weekends where you build your roster to where it needs to be. I mean, with, with what came in last weekend, uh, with who came in last weekend, all the big-time guys, and then you throw in a list that's approaching 30 official visitors, including, I think, Seven top 100 guys, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, it's a massive visitor list. You've got a guy that I think if there is one player in the class that Oklahoma just has to land, it's David Stone. I mean, that, that's just something. Oklahoma doesn't have enough connections to elite defensive linemen to miss out on one. When one comes along that has a real connection to you and your state, which, you know, for those that don't know, Del- David Stone – Dell City native, played there until the end of his sophomore year, and then now has spent the last, or you know, is going to spend his final two years at IMG Academy in Florida. This is debatably the best defensive tackle in the country. You have to land him. He'll be in this weekend. And I, I think Oklahoma's in great shape for David Stone. He was actually there Thursday on the last day of camp, just hanging out, just, just seeing everybody, spending time. And when you're doing things like that, you're just going by to hang out when you know you're about to spend the next 48 hours of your life at that same place that you've been to probably 25 times as a recruit. It says a lot to me. And I don't think a decision happens this weekend, but I also can't rule it out. So that would obviously be a huge kickstart. But then you throw in guys like Taylor Tatum and Caden Durham uh, Joseph Jonah Jeanne. I mean, there are so many big time guys in Norman this weekend. Josh, what are some of the things innovative wise and interesting that OU's doing to kind of encourage these guys to come to their university? I mean, a couple of years ago, I remember they put the, you know, the fancy cars on the front front lawn and, and they were doing things social media wise. But what are they doing this week? Well, one of the things, and you saw it last week, and it was showed up in a couple of pictures that I thought were incredibly cool, was they basically took uh, Toby Keith's hangar and turned it into, like, a visit host. So, like, they're hanging out with planes and some of Toby's cars and, like, all this really cool stuff. You know, like, it's stuff that appeals to a 17-year-old kid. I know we're like, what, you know, what does that do for you as a football player? But I get it. At 17, 18, I would have been blown away with that stuff, too. So, it, it was – they constantly – and I think this is something that's really a credit to a guy, you know, to people like J.R. Sandlin, Lee Davis – a lot of the recruiting ops people, they do a great job thinking of new ways to be creative because it's a copycat deal where, you know, like you mentioned, Oklahoma a couple of years ago with the barbecue had all the, you know, the Ferraris and all, all the crazy cars on the field. 
Well, within a year, everybody started doing that. Yeah. And so you, you just kind of have to constantly keep evolving. And I, I think that was an interesting idea. And, you know, at the same time, we know Brent's house is just made to impress high school recruits. They've got all the games and all this stuff they can do. But that's that's pretty standard fare uh, for an official visit. So I, I think the, the, like I said, the airport and the airplane hangar and all of that is kind of a unique touch that – I don't know that everybody can match because obviously OU and Toby Keith have such a unique connection. What type of role, Josh, does someone like KJ Jan, uh, Daniels, uh, Zion Kearney as well, uh, with them already having been committed to this, being there this weekend, and the efforts that they have? Because, I mean, I don't need to tell you this, but how, how those guys talk and also help uh, the recruiting process as well. How much of this on is is big for them this weekend too to kind of continue to send the message to everyone that's going to roll through campus? Well, it, it could be very interesting because especially when you consider a guy like KJ Daniels, who's you know from Louisiana, but kind of from a similar area to five-star receiver Terry Bussey, who's also coming in this weekend, and is one of the guys that for all the big-time guys coming in. I think Terry is one of the more difficult recruitments OU's tackling right now just because with the change to Emmett Jones, there was a little bit of a lapse, and I think they're trying to make up some ground. But with Emmett being the recruiter he is, Oklahoma playing the kind of offensive attacking vertical style that really suits Terry Bussey, who's like a 4-4 meter guy, excuse me, a 4-4 uh, 40 kind of guy, I think there's a lot that can appeal to him, but if he can find some commonality with some of the guys that are there with him, I think that can be really important for Oklahoma. And I think they can start to, um, you know, maybe make a move there. But, yeah, I think that's where you see that because you do have a couple of those guys. Isaiah Autry, also the big offensive lineman from Mississippi, he'll be there around guys like Caden Massey from Kansas. Um, and I, I'm, uh, Max Anderson, the offensive lineman. Now, Max – not a lot you need to show Max with his older brothers, you know, spending three years in campus in Norman. So there's a, a little different feel there. But I, I do, I think having just enough commitments to where they're not overbearing, they're not, you know, swarming around these guys. But at the same time, you know, like a guy can sit down with one of these players and say, you know, what made OU right for you? What made you make that choice? And it's amazing peer-to-peer how much that tends to resonate so where are they at right now in terms of commitments for 2024 is it still at six josh it's still at six and i know that that that's like nails on the chalkboard to oklahoma fans it's been a while they've had to wait a little bit and this is always when the run was going to start i think a couple of commitments are very possible this weekend and then over the next month you'll see a lot like they did last year that's what i was going to ask you is from this event, uh, from this event in years past, has there been an average number of guys that have usually committed within a short amount of time, just based off of their visit to Champion Barbecue? I would say that between now and the Fourth of July, which is really it used to be like Thanksgiving or Christmas, were really big commitment periods. But with the advance rate and all the official visits, you know that have that happen now during the spring and summer. The 4th of July has become one of the really big commitment windows, and I know obviously a lot of OU fans remember Caleb Williams a few years ago in that same time period, and those were a lot of the big guys. They kind of want those events. They want those big moments, and I think that's what you'll see. But between, you know, this Sunday and that, you know, like 4th of July and probably the week that follows it, I wouldn't be shocked at all if you're not talking about a – 
considerable bulk of Oklahoma's 2024 class being in the boat at that point in time. I, I, you know, if it's 10, 12 guys the next month, that's, that's not going to be a surprising turn of events. Uh, then uh, before we let you go, obviously, um, I did see where they had a significant amount of offers go out to offensive linemen um, from the Brim Venables elite camp that they had. Uh, from all, uh, from everything that I've read so far, everything was was pretty much thumbs up w- with that camp, Josh, over the last week. But this was heavy in terms of offensive linemen with Bill Beatonbow. There's no question, and you know that they had five individual days, and they do basically a the first two were you know a, a Tuesday and I believe a Thursday, and then they have a day off in the middle. Then they have a random one that's just a solo event. Uh, about a week later, and then again this last week, they did another Tuesday, Thursday, and those were clearly the two best days of camp I saw, and I was there all five days, you know, throughout, and I I thought this group, you know, you obviously, you know, to, to your listeners, Caden Jones from, you know, now from Jinx, we've got to get used to saying that again, yep. um, being, being one of the new offers, he was incredibly impressive, but yeah, I thought it was a really good group, and what what you kind of notice is Oklahoma it, under Lincoln Riley. These camps were kind of overlooked. You know, there was always a couple of kids, but it clearly wasn't a priority. Now you're seeing guys. I saw a 2027 kid that I thought was going to leave with an offer. I mean, he was six four, 220 pounds, playing tight end from the same program that Peyton Bowen and Jackson Arnold are from at Denton Geyer. So they are putting a lot of emphasis on getting these guys on campus early, which is something that was a big priority for Dabo Swinney and Clemson when they, you know, when they were starting to kind of get themselves rolling because you build those early relationships, you get those offers, and then you just get the guys to keep coming back and coming back and coming back, and eventually you hope that pays off with a, you know, a big recruiting win when that guy's the, the guy to know as a senior. Okay, final one for me, and this is a dual question. I want your thoughts on Brock Harris, the tight end from the 2026 class, and then you just kind of referenced him, so you can start with Caden Jones. Uh, what stood out to you from Caden? Because, um, I mean, I, I from what I had seen and how I had seen him look prior to, to – uh, uh, before going over to Jinx, I mean, that kid continues to evolve and I think has a potential star written all over him if he ends up playing his cards right. As a guy who can remember sitting in a dorm room at OU watching Kiwan uh, on that incredible run against Union all those years ago, I, was, I happened to be sitting with Jinx and Union alumni, so that was quite a volatile moment in my, uh, my dorm life. But Caden um, has a chance to be a better player than his dad, and I know what a mouthful that is to say because Kiwan was so special. But – you just look at body type and athleticism and his length. Because, you know, I went by and saw him this spring at a Jinx practice, and I know the Jinx staff is going to have trouble keeping him off both sides of the ball. They think he could be an outstanding cornerback, and his frame really leads nicely to that. I, I could see that being a possibility, though he was offered based on his work at running back. So that tells you how good this kid is. I mean, this is a this is a guy that I think is – probably the early favorite, <clears throat> excuse me, for the number one player in the state in 2026. And, you know, I think there's just – there's very little to not like because he is a very mature kid, has stepped into that Jinx program and done everything they've asked of him. And, you know, just he, – he's a kid that gets it. A lot of guys in his situation might be 
I don't know, a little bit a little bit over expectant of what, what was going on, but I, I think he handles himself really well and of course is incredibly talented. Uh Brock Harris was a kid that it's crazy he got to Oklahoma. There's a family connection with his um not excuse me, not a family connection. His coach in Utah is close friends with someone in the personnel department at Oklahoma State, so they decided to make that trip. And his dad just happens to look at OU's camp schedule and says, hey, before we fly out on Thursday afternoon, we can catch the OU camp. And so they just kind of threw it on to the end. But he is 6'5", 220 pounds, 2020, another 2026 guy that can move his feet, catch anything you want. So he is uh, going to be an elite tight end, and it, it shows because, I mean, not, <clears throat> excuse me. Well, he already holds a Georgia offer as well. Yeah, that doesn't suck uh, at all. Josh, good stuff, man. Have a uh, great time uh, this weekend, man. Appreciate you. Uh, keep up the great work that you guys always do there at Sooner Scoop. I'm happy that uh, the transition has been great and uh, can't thank you enough for coming on with us here in Tulsa, my man. Hey, anytime. That's Josh McQuistion from Sooner Scoop, Soonerscoop.com, part of the On3 network now there for the scoop. Uh, it's 216 here on the Blitz. Top of the fourth inning. Two out. ORU at bat. Nobody on. Still scoreless with TCU. We'll take a time out. We'll come back. Are we close enough to have a uh, U.S. Open update? I believe that we are. So stay tuned for your U.S. Open update with Ted Emmerich. Brought to you by Chris Nichol Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram right here on the Blitz 1170. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.